Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podsite, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. And today we have someone who, much like uh, the show we're going to be talking about, uh, comes from a, a, a different place, uh, almost as if, as if he's risen back from the dead. Hey, Pete. How you doing? Hey, man. Damn, I thought you were going to say Connor. That would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can bring out the Ouija board. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, and I can I can like uh, put a thimble on my uh, like it would have to be a very uh, fat thimble to put on my toe to tap the table here, um, but yeah. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about uh, what was this? This is like a uh, this came out in twenty two twenty twenty two yeah twenty two. Um, the from TV series uh, with uh, I mean. The, we, we we both know the guy as the guy from Lost, uh, Harold yes. Perrineau, um, <laughs> the guy that everyone immediately started to hate from Lost, I should say. <laughs> Which is sort of a shame, but yeah. And the other thing is, like, before we go anywhere on this, I want to say that this is the worst name for a television show I've ever heard. It's like they got in a room and said, okay, we want something that people cannot effectively Google. Like, that's thing one. <laughs> well, they, they just they just looked at their uh, emails and said, now it can't be two. <laughs> from, from, there we go. We got a title. All right. Yeah. They should have gone with CC. <laughs> right, BCC. Well, that sounds a little racy. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Yo, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hit the ground running. Yeah. Well, uh, so, so yeah, like the, the premise of the show, I think we, we both sort of agree that this is like a sort of like if lost was just landlocked. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's put loss in Kansas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> it's what everyone's been demanding. <laughs> well, everyone complains about flyover country, but never about drive-through country. Yes. Because the minute you reach a certain tree, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, I I do want to make clear that uh, while I I could easily make fun of this show all day, like without breaking a sweat, um, I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's. It's 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 never going to top my top five, but like there will come a point where I will I will turn on you and start defending some things. So be be advised. <laughs> so I mean, uh, I so this is one of those shows that uh, initially for me had promise, uh, and uh, I I quickly like I would say like two to three episodes in. I started to lose the initial interest. And, and, and yeah, you know, to be fair, that yeah, you know, like that little dopamine rush when you start 
figuring out, okay, this is what's happening. You know, the, the, the new scenario, right? Um, right. As you, as you start piecing things together, that is sort of a, there is a bit of a thrill. There's a little bit of a dopamine rush in it. And it I'm willing to give that a little bit of time, right? Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with that. Like they certainly, um, the, the premise such as it is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not, um, I, I, I didn't start watching this going loser. I started watching this going, Hey, this is kind of cool. What's happening next. Why is this happening? Why mm-hmm. is this happening? Like, and that's why, why that's, does this keep happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean that, that is what I ask of, of, um, this kind of a show is to, to milk that for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I do think that, um, you know, that, that there are, uh, and I know that we, we, we were jokingly referring to loss, but this really does, uh, really ape that format, right? These are all people that don't know each other. Um, in general, <laughs> in general, uh, you yeah, know, we were joking also just now about like, why did, why is this happening? Why is this happening again? Why, why does it keep happening? And, and, you know, part of it is also following some of, some of Lost's format in the sense that there is these people that don't really know each other, but they're sort of thrust into this uh, commune, into community together in some way, shape or form. And they have to learn to, uh, at least tolerate each other, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of characters that uh, like I I wondered why they hadn't like it's it's obvious that they have a a punitive system which we can get into in a little bit, but mm-hmm. I I also wondered why they don't have like okay well you're an asshole. Let's throw you in the stocks for a while. Yeah. Until until you get over yourself a little bit. I I I think there's definitely some truth to that. And I also um like lots of little things about the timeline are confusing. Like um uh can can I can I talk about the little uh well I, I don't know what to call them except little Jewish scrolls. <laughs> you mean the talismans? What? Yeah, yeah, the talismans. Because I mean, it's it's it, like you you cannot tell me that they didn't get the idea from like the 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 scroll that you hang by the door in hmm. in Hebrew tradition. But well, I mean, I I, I was likening it more towards like uh, more indigenous uh, types, of, like like. Uh, the, the the idea of like uh hanging a horseshoe i mean that's not indigenous but you know I, I i'm just trying to point out that i do think that there are several traditions like different cultures that use like some sort of talismanic thing that you put on an entryway i mean the most explicit one that we we would probably know is you know you don't invite an a vampire into your house sure and i mean like that that really uh, I mean, it, like episode one, you're thinking that when mm-hmm. the little girl opens the window. Um, can I give a little background on this? Because our, our audience is definitely like, what the actual fuck at this point? <laughs> where where are you guys? Where are you guys coming from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this this show is about a small town in Nowheresville 
where you dr- you start driving through it, and when you get to the other side and hit the woods, you find yourself going right back into the town. It's a it's a it's a it's a loop. There's there's no way to escape it. And it's, it's it's like a pitcher plant. Yes. Once you're in, you cannot ever find your way out. Perfect. Yes. And then um, at night, the monsters come. So um, for, for ba- basically, if if you're outside at night, you will be torn apart by um, uh, undead Amish. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else the, the to call them. Chi- the children, the children of the corn. Yeah, it's like brother Zebediah, spare me a leg. <laughs> you know, it's it's very weird. But but what's what's? I mean, there's there's a lot of little things like this, and I think we kind of have to do it because one of the one of the pleasures of this show when you start getting to the end is 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 shredding it apart, just tearing it apart with your fingers. Like um, they. They have found these little talismans that you hang by your door of a house, and as a result, the house is protected from the Amish undead, unless you invite them in. And uh, in the second to last episode, I think it was, you found out that they had only had these things for three months, and people had been there for years. (laughs) And I am just like, how the hell did you construct this incoherent civilization in three months. I mean, you've, you've got, you've got a system of punishments. You are growing food. You have a, you have a local restaurant with traditions. Oh my God. Don't get me started on the fucking diner, dude. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, and, and did you, did you notice that the, uh, the, the jukebox was magical? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, well, it, it, they they remind you of that last minutes of the of the first season. So, yeah, what the fuck? Okay, well, and it, there's just a lot of things like that. Um, the uh, I, it it's how this has come about and why this has come about is the most lost thing about this. Because so, ho- hold on, ahead. so can can you back up just a second? Because yes, so you're saying that the. Um, the community that we see there sort of was cobbled together in three months. Is that, is that what I heard? Yes. I I may have not picked that up somewhere. Pete, this was, I was going to say that um, to your point uh, earlier, that this is a a perfectly whelming uh, show (laughs) that you can, you can just sort of put on. And this is exactly what I did. This was, I watched the the first and second episodes somewhat closer, and then when I realized it's one of these things, Pete. I'm sorry. Once once my brain starts putting together certain things and realizing, oh, this is that type of you know, this is what it's going to offer, and I go, okay, well, that's not exactly fun. I just like, well, it's now in the background. You know, it's the equivalent of me watching it while I'm working or something to that effect or on my phone. The perfect thriller to watch on your phone. Yes. Sure. Sure. Well, and I mean, when you're talking about this show, you're, you're, you're talking about Lost or to a lesser extent Westworld or something like that. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a show where the question you're supposed to be asking yourself is what the hell is going on? And mm-hmm. They, they leave enough uh, pieces of the puzzle to start assembling what it is. And after a certain point, you realize 
that those pieces of the puzzle don't have anything to do with one another, and the writers don't know what is going on. <laughs> well, what what is a, a piece of a puzzle of like a scene, uh, like a beach scene, and then the other ones just like from some sort of weird uh, Happy Meal shitty puzzle, yeah. and and there's like a children's puzzle. It's like a little pig shape with a wooden peg in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like a, <laughs> what, what is it, Stephen Wendy toy, toys or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, just a wooden puzzle puzzle piece, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so like I, I kind of like there were some things like they got me early on because I didn't really know what it was about. Uh, mm -hmm. Dave suggested I watch it, so I started watching it, and I got jump scared early okay. when when the 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 mother and child got got killed. They, they got got for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They they got well, and, crap so, got so, out of them. So, um, that scene it's it's an effective scene. I think it's a good, um, like a good taste of what the show can be at its best. Yeah. Uh, and and in even I mean I would say that when I say best I mean in the sense that this is this is basically uh, a pastiche made out of pastiches. You know, because that whole scene just brought to mind, you remember the um, Salem's Lot miniseries? Sure. When the brother just shows up floating outside his little brother's window and you're like, this is fucked up and creepy. Like, that was honestly <laughs> creepy as fuck. And, and this is like, obviously, that scene is supposed to evoke that. Uh, we we never really get another floater, to so to speak. <laughs> right. I, I think uh, I think that's that's well put. Uh, which is which is odd to me because that that was the thing that sort of drew me in, and then everything else seems by degrees more and more mundane. <laughs> it's just very strange. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that first scene is very. Uh, it, it sort of shows you what this show can be at its best, which is you know, it it can thrill and amaze and be entertaining. Right. Um, and it it has while it is a confusing weird thing it follows rules that are perfectly easy to understand and that's one of the ways they screwed up mm -hmm. is you know it 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 did it, it went so far down the lost path uh i mean at least in season 1 of lost you started feeling like you were putting it together i mean you were wrong mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you you thought you thought you had a grasp on on the the reality, and here you you never really do. I mean, like the the only the only theory I came up with that made any real sense is that they're all dead. And mm -hmm. I mean, if that's true, the stakes are in the toilet. Who cares? Well, they just got to find the the church that the people in Lost found. And uh <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Is that a smoke monster? Yes. Uh, well, the, the smoke monster at the end of Lost is just simply the usher that's, that seats you at your pews. You know, he's just a very nice smoke monster. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, a very cozy smoke monster. Um, but, but yeah, like, I think that, uh, to your point, I do, I will say that, um, if we're, we're comparing Lost to this directly, uh, that first season of Lost was, just masterfully done. I, 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 I actually do not like lost after that first season very much. Um, 
I mean, I would say the first and second season, third season was where I immediately started going like, okay, they, they're running out of shit. <laughs> they're, they're running out of shit to, to talk about that has to do with the setting. Now it's all melodrama. And I think that the issue here is that one, you're absolutely right. Th- there are a couple of rules that are very easy um, to, to sort of map out and understand. Uh, and that's, part of the strength early on in this season is the fact that you don't really need to think too much. Uh, like, I, I feel like it's one of these things where it's um, the more you explain a rule, the the more sort of brittle it becomes because the minute you test it against something else, or you need to change the story, you need to change the rule or bend it a little bit to serve the purpose of the story. Then it immediately shatters, right? Because you you've broken that rule now. It, right. it does not have enough room and vagueness for it to bend uh, or for you to bend with it, I should say. Right. Um, and and I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's one of the things that they, they can, they continue to ramp up part of the way that things work and try to offer breadcrumbs that do not really, they, they sort of almost contradict certain things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's an odd one. And I think the other, the other thing that, um, that I think, you know, sort of like made my interest fade quicker is once I realized, oh, this is, this has a similar structure, you know, like to a zombie apocalypse, uh, type of setting, except that they're, that they're in a bottle, right? They're in a sh- like the TV show uh, bottle episode, except it's that's the entire setting. They can't leave. Right, right. And I think you, uh, you you've probably nailed right there one of the reasons that um, I was more tolerant of this than you is that mm-hmm. I enjoy those na- narratives, and I, I don't think they're of as interesting to you. Yeah, I mean, so so I I know that. Um, that uh, it was something that I, I had asked you about, uh, you know, prior. I told you that I wanted to ask you about this because it's something that um, I do think is a, a difference between, you know, you, we're usually very, very much on a on a particular wavelength, Pete. And this is one of these things that is a, a deviation, right? It's yeah. something that we, we, we are very different <laughs> In perception. So, so let me ask you, um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll, I'll be free to let you know why I have my reasons, but why, why is it that zombie apocalypse, uh, narratives appeal to you? Well, um, there is a type of colonialist narrative that you, it's hard to enjoy anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is the, um, the escape to another land. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like Robinson Crusoe or even something like Kim. You know, the idea is that all of the the current problems you have evaporate and now you're focused on things like how do I get food? How do I survive? Are these guys going to kill me? And it's so so, so like a it's it's a rite of passage via the frontier is mm -hmm. what you're saying, right? And and fundamentally, frontier narratives are. Uh, well, I mean, I like the historical ones just fine, but if someone came out up, up with a new one, you know, now I'd say, A, where is this taking place? And, you know, B, it'd be kind of hard to enjoy. 
because the subtext <laughs> you, you you need to stop the narrative and have the characters look directly at the camera and do land acknowledgement yes yes exactly i, I mean, mean I, that's how, that sounds glib but but honestly that's the way it, it sort of comes across these days right 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 you know it's like and um yeah i i am uh, i'm trying to survive out on this island by my uh, by myself uh, but I'm not totally by myself because I have my uh, my non-binary friend Friday, you know, and it's like, no, the, like there's no way to make this stuff modern. But the zombie apocalypse narrative sort of does mm. because it takes the existing and makes it a frontier. And mm. it all of the things you worry about your life no longer matter. You're worried about where to get aspirin when it all runs out. Mm. And I it's it's. It's like competence porn writing for dumb people. Like you, you know, it's like what if, what if the writer of The Martian took a blow to the head? He could write a zombie narrative. <laughs> Just yeah, you know, like slammed uh, you know a half bottle of vodka every hour. Yeah, yeah let's exactly. See, let's see how competent he is now, motherfucker. Well, um, and- it, incredibly, I am actually reading a novel where the the main character is so obviously a late stage alcoholic, like he can't stop drinking a liter of vodka a day t- just to take Percocet for a while. He can't do it. So he just keeps knocking himself out. It's incredibly bad. That sounds... That sounds like a liver crying out in pain oh, to be yeah. released. Well, I, I think the idea behind the book was that the dude was trying to kill himself, like mm. on some level. But it's like you, you don't understand, Mister Author. This man has killed himself. You just you just haven't pulled the trigger on it. <laughs> yeah. So so I think that the 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 funny thing here is that um, the reason that. I am a little bit prickly about zombie, especially – I would say especially now. Um, uh, I'm very prickly about the, the zombie apocalypse uh, narratives in part because uh, it, it is you're, – you're not wrong in that uh, it, it, it brings the frontier home, but it's, it's, bring, it, it's as if the frontier were invading you. So yes. it's sort of like this reverse invasion type of stuff. In Soviet Russia, frontier invades you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, like like I mean, it it's got a lot of. Um, it, it's very. I feel like it's very entangled with uh, a certain type of xenophobia, uh, the, the fear of you know somehow having your you know. Y- the U.S. specifically, or the 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 metropolis of empire, right, is now is now subject to what it did to its colonial subjects, right? Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know we understand that H.G. Wells may have been a little bit he may have been well-meaning, but he didn't really think in t- <laughs> he didn't really think War of the Worlds entirely through uh, when he was constructing like the like the ethical framework for it, you know, the, his, his sort of didacticism behind it, which was like, you know, we should stop doing that in India because this is what could happen to us because then it engages in a, a basically a replacement narrative in reverse where those who have been invaded now in return, invade you <laughs> and erase you from existence. 
Oh, so so you say in some ways, okay. I I I I hear what you're saying, and that that interpretation, you know, put puts an ugly lens over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I it, that I think it's it's one of these things. And to be clear, like I, I'm not. I'm not calling you out on it. I'm not calling anyone out on like, if you want to go see the zombie movies, go for it. Go with God, my brother. Um, but dude, but if, you is, called, if you called me out here to cancel me, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that is not the intention. Although we could play that up if you want. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but it would make for great podcasting. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I, I, you know, like go with God, you know, go watch your zombie, uh, your, your, whatever, whatever stripe of it, it is exactly right. Because honestly, it's fine. I, I think that the, it's, it's important to think about that the, that type of zombie narrative has, for better, for worse, has become very, in my mind at least, has become very entangled with that reverse colonialism, uh, aspect, right? Um, and, and more so in a zombie, uh, apocalypse type of narrative where it's, it's, it's really about replacement because you get infected, which is another, I mean, that's another, that's like the, the, the sprinkles on top of your Sunday. The, the dirty foreigner is, is something that is so embedded in, in a, the center of a quote civilized society. Yeah, you know, I mean, we 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 just recently saw in the news that they were they were trying the Biden administration was trying to extend Title Forty Two um, uh, uh, bans on uh, asylum seekers and so on because they wanted to quote prevent COVID end quote. Uh, now, anyone who knows anything about this, you know, obviously realizes that we've stopped testing, we've stopped tracking any type of information. So it has absolutely nothing to do with foreigners or, or, or very little to do with foreigners and more to do with our own lack of methodology, you know, uh, but we can easily blame the foreigners because there's a law that says that they're dirty and filthy. Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think what you're saying about, the the zombie narrative like i can certainly think of examples where that is dead on mm-hmm. and i think it I, is in there's an argument to be made that it's inherent to the material mm-hmm, but right, i don't right. i don't know that it has to go there like you can no, tell no. other narratives in that space i keep cutting you off i'm sorry go ahead no 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 it's it's fine it's fine i i, I keep on wanting to jump in too because i wanted to add that if i remember correctly one of the the sources of this is in fact in a completely opposite direction right because the the original uh or at least the the haitian version uh of what a zombie was was ex- it was precisely an anxiety that you would need to work past death mm-hmm. that you would become basically you would be enslaved to your to whatever work you were and you may have been a slave at the time but you your death would not release you from that from that uh bondage right that you would continue no heaven for you yeah well i mean think of that 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 is just like existentially horrifying like yeah yeah it it's uh i'm opposed yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> uh, 
but but so so it's it's funny because the the original story has been blunted. Uh, I mean, I would imagine because it deals with specifically deals with uh, slavery, which is something that you know the U.S. is well. It, it's it, you know we've we've solved all that stuff. We we don't need to talk about it anymore. It's like, oh yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, we 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 took care of that. I mean, if we didn't take care of it, you know, during Reconstruction, certainly by the '80s, there's nothing more to talk about. Next question. <laughs> and and you know and by the the two thousands, I mean there was a black guy in in the White House. It's it's over. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if everything solved, over correction. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jesus, uh, <laughs> Pete, you are making me laugh and clench my fists at the same time. Oh my I, god! I know. I it, like it, hug me and punch me at the same time. I respect it. Look, all I know is that, you know, things have gotten too far in 2023. We got to go back to normal. Yeah. Let's go back uh, to the 90s. <laughs> you know, Returvin, uh, uh, as the kids say. <laughs> yes, yes, Returvin. Um, but yeah, like, like I think that that's an interesting way to go with the zombie narrative. But because, you know, like uh, slavery is not, not something that, wants, that people want to talk about, even now in the U.S., uh, you, you also don't want to uh, give any people ideas about, you know, like how brutal capitalism could be to them. Uh, sure, uh, you know, the North won the the war, uh, but but guess what? You know, we're all part of a big fa happy family now. Pete, uh, you got to go into work. Otherwise, your 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 boss slash dad is going to be sad at you. Oh, you know, I just watched Confederate States of America, and I that that was definitely after about ten minutes. I'm like, I'm not turning this off because I feel like I, I'd be turning it off for the wrong reasons, which is I I don't want to watch this. You, you know what I mean? It's like if 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 a if a show or a book. Is is supposed to have a message that is recognizably possible, positive, or important, and you're like, I don't like this. It's you know, it's like you failed. But man, I I, I do. It's not a date movie. That's what I'm saying. Wait, this is a movie. I, I've never heard of this. Oh my god. Okay, so the Confederate States of America is a document. Well, a mockumentary about um the the confederacy defeating uh the union oh, and oh, gotcha. everything that happens then so like there's like tv commercials about uh you know uh, electronic tracking devices for your slaves and like all of this stuff <laughs> okay. oh yeah it is um is, is this uh, in 2004 it was made yeah yeah i think 2004 sounds right um okay it's and you know, there's the the version of cops is like catchers, and they're they're you know they're tracking down um, uh, slaves. It's just it's I, I, really again not, not a fan. Yeah, no, I I did not enjoy it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I would I wouldn't say it was it was bad, but like uh, I I don't I I mean it, it its primary message was like you know slavery is really bad, and it's like I I. I, I am aware of that. You 
I was pretty sure about that before, uh, dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, but yeah, this really sealed the deal. Thank you. That <laughs> if I had any doubts at all, yeah, right, you right. Have, I mean, you this have clarified them, sir. Pulled them right out of me. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I guess I'll, I, I mean, maybe I'm due for a bad time, so maybe I should watch this someday. Uh, yeah, soonish. But, you know, get, get, check out the first 10 minutes. And one thing that they really do is like a lot of the product names that they use and stuff are shocking. Like mm. really like you can't say that kind of stuff. And at the end, they go through their commercials and say, well, this was a this was a product until 1950. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just a little too real. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I'm afraid to to look up what old Aunt Jemima bottles look like. <laughs> so, oh, well, they, yeah, I mean, they they, they uh, uh, the newer ones aren't worse. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so so uh, let's let's perhaps wander back into the town that you're not supposed to be able to wander out of. Yes. Um, so uh, so so what are the like? I think. Part of like obviously like we we'd gone over like the the issue with like zombie apocalypse narratives and how this has some of those elements in it, uh, somewhat stronger at parts. Um, you know, in in its uh, favor, I think it's it goes for a bit more gore. Yeah, um, which is I think it's it's a good instinct uh, to to set it apart. Uh, however, like I. I once we start getting into this community, you're like, okay, so how are all these people eating? How yes. do they have enough to, for a diner? <laughs> like it's, it's wild to me. Uh, and, and I mean, granted there's, there's some other mysteries that we find out like super late. It's like, well, the, like there's no, like we're, like one of the things that, that I was like, well, so how, how do they have electricity? How do they have this? If you know, like, unless there's like a power station within the, the confines of the, the, like it's, it's a one street. It's not even really a town. It's like mostly a village. It'd be a truck yeah. stop if, if it were open to the, to the highway or something. Right. Yeah. But to be fair, um, I don't know how much time you spend in the Midwest, but if you, if, if you drive down a lot of roads in like Indiana or Missouri or something, you will run into towns like that. In fact, like this one was a like the garden spot of Mississippi, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I don't I, – that's not the issue for me. I, it was more uh, along the lines of like it, – it's a very small place. Uh, yeah. But there are like uh, – I want to say there's at least like maybe 50 people living there. Um, and it has a diner. Um, and like some shitty houses and uh, a giant house that's up on a hill. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. If I'm remembering correctly. Oh, and, yeah. and an old ass, uh, church. Right. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, I just, we'll roll with it, but, uh, and, and it is, it's really interesting because like, if you, if you're drawing the zombie, uh, narrative comparison, that is one thing zombie movies do really well is focus on the scarcity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like one of the interesting things. It's like, we're out of food. How do we get it? And mm -hmm. like solving that problem. And here they're just like, oh, we're gardening. 
And it's yeah, like, and, and it's like they have like basically like the the type of garden I have, which is yes. like a, like a hobby fucking garden. Like like it's nice to have some arugula, um, maybe you know every uh, maybe every two weeks. Uh, to, to give it some time to, to re regrow, but, but it's not like I, I can't depend on that for everyday eating. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it is wildly impractical. Yes. To say the least. Well, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's one of these things that is often, um, sort of glossed over in a lot of these types of movies. I, I would point at one of the biggest ones was, uh, was a, a quiet place uh uh where you know it's, it's like okay they they got these huge fields of corn okay so how are they how are they picking that like how is that like it's just like growing no that's not how corn grows it it's oh. corn is very particular yeah yeah and and corn has a lot of vulnerability to like bugs i mean like there's a i are you, are you telling me that they're going out and getting uh yeah pesticides like no no <laughs> that that would make noise in the quiet place uh but anyway yeah like i i'm drawing some parallels here because it it, it does have like that same sense of like oh gotta gotta you in a quiet place you can't make noise here it's you can't you know be out at night or invite the 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 weird creepy fuck the the Amish the wandering Amish that can't be invited inside <laughs> it, 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 it sort of provokes a bloodlust in them for some reason yeah and then they'll never leave your house man they'll be witnessing <laughs> it's a whole thing uh, well and the, cl- the clump of their homemade f- shoes on your wood wooden floorboards it's haunting Pete it's haunting. The other thing going on, and I mean, this may be literally true, but well, yeah, you know those those uh, things online people do where writer number one writes a paragraph and then writer number two picks it up and takes it over. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like uh, exquisite corpse uh, type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the episodes of the show feel like that because, mm. like, we're we're talking about it being a a, a, a a you know a zombie narrative, but like, uh, do you remember like? Autistic old man and the and the trees to Narnia. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, what is happening? Oh yeah, yeah. Like he's the only one who knows about him. But you jump in these trees and you'll teleport somewhere. Who knows where? It's like what? And then it, like, look, look, look. It's tree hugger Star Trek. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> their transporters are in trees. Okay, sorry, Pete. <laughs> well, and okay, this this uh, this town has been rolling for like. Uh, whatever we said, like three months or whatever it is. And that old dude has been there since he's like six. Mm-hmm. Put him in charge, ladies and gentlemen. Like he's obviously solved the food problem. He might be a cannibal. We don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, he's, yeah, like I think that um, th- that's one of the f- reasons that I had never picked up. I guess also, uh, that isn't the only reason, but but obviously I, I wasn't paying full attention to this show. But sure. but like because we get that flashback of him as a kid, and you're like, wow, he's been here. So it, it feels like the community has has had like a longevity that obviously it it has not. Um, and and like I think that what we're the the thread we're pulling at is that the amount of cohesion 
that this uh, community has is not the amount of cohesion a a bunch of people that have been together jammed together in a place for three months is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it makes me wonder like are they just fucking around and and that's their perceived time and it's actually longer than that who knows I, I don't know but but it it also feels like it's uh, much like the characters the show is withholding information. Uh, in a in a way that feels, it doesn't feel like it's in service to tension uh, in a in an organic way. It's just simply providing this tension via withholding information. Uh, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. Um, oh, and uh, hero's journey in the woods. Like, what is oh. that? You're talking about the uh, the the waitress with uh, the sheriff. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly, it, like it fe- it felt like somebody had just put down the Hobbit, and <laughs> you know, it's like okay, we got spiders now, and the you know, you've got you've got fake versions of your wife chatting at you, and like I feel like I'm just throwing out spoilers now, but it mm-hmm. was definitely like, you know, they the, an understanding was communicated about what this show was. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't communicated to that showrunner at all. Mm. Well, I mean, so so that was something that I felt um, oddly worked for me, um, in part because there's there is uh, yeah I, there is a little bit of uh, hint or foreshadowing that the woods have certain properties because, like you mentioned, uh, shit. What is his name now? Um, I want to say Dustin, but it's probably not that. Uh, the 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 older dude that's been there forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he has this whole situation where he's been measuring the trees, and the trees get closer or further away, or I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, uh, that's right. He measures the trees to see if they move. The the tree line, I should say, just to yeah. make sure. Um, Victor yeah. was his name. Victor, yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, he's just, he's just like a weird dude and, um, you're invited to not really, uh, pay him any mind. Uh, and I, I think it, it falls into like, uh, very much like, um, a, a type of character that Stephen King would write, right? Where, where it's, it's. Yeah, the the sl- the slightly disabled or what have you character is somehow has special knowledge, and you're like, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. The the the, the, the uh, whatever. Like, uh, if 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 he was a 15 year old girl, he would be the, the magical pixie dream girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think that that's one of the the very. Um, the very big weaknesses of this show is that where, um, and again, I'm going to compare it to lost. Uh, you know, like I do think that lost, uh, took its time and therefore was able to really work on the characters so that by the time that first season rolls around, you, you get a good feeling for the main sort of like you know, five or six main people that are, that are important in the, in the, um, in in the series and and you get a very good characterization of them uh in that first season yeah uh, so here 
it's very strange to me because everyone feels more like a stereotype or like an archetype, I should say. They don't um, go deep. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like uh, Harold Perrineau is he's the sheriff. That's it. That's that's the only thing you know about him until way deep in the season, you know, and every one of them like uh, what is it? Um, Tabitha and what is her husband's name? Jim. Uh, they're essentially the breeding couple of the entire, <laughs> of the entire place. They're the only ones that have children and that apparently fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and to be fair, like that is not, that is not an environment where I would uh, want be, be down for procreating, frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's like, I, we're, we're, I, 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 I'm, I say that and then immediately remi- I'm reminded that in the uh, – what is the name of that stupid house? Uh, whatever, colony. the house. The colony house, right. Um, you know, one of the scenes when uh, when their daughter just decides to stay there or whatever, or one of the first in- interior shots of it is like of someone fucking uh, somebody else. So there, there is – I mean, there is fucking, but it's just simply like there's no one else that has like – as strong a relationship with each other than Tabitha and Jim. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a lot, I think that there's a lot of drama that is not really worked at, um, uh, you know, and so th- like, like let, let me, let me finish the, the, the archetypes because then you get later on, you get the Jade guy who is basically like, he's the genius who is able to do everything because he knows math and science. And you're like, fuck you, mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck you. Right. Well, and honestly, you, you could have a clever guy do some interesting stuff. Like, you know what I would want to have done by a character like that? You, you know, like you can use some of like Euclid's exper- experiments to measure the curvature of the Earth. So, like, are they on Earth? Mm-hmm. Right. Like there, there, there are questions that somebody like that could answer about the environment they're in, and they don't even try. Right. Right. Well, I think it's just simply that the 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 writers haven't really thought of it either. Yeah. You know, like like that that type of thing that you just uh like that type of experiment is something that I would expect uh Victor would have known. Yeah. You know, like he's measuring the tree line for Christ's sakes, you know, just have him be like a weird savant type. You know, if you're going to lean into that, go ahead. I mean, you, you're yeah. already there, so fuck it. Right? Well, and I mean, like the, they they start him off with pedophile vibes. And oh, that God, didn't yes. help the character at all. Yeah, yeah. He's just well, I mean, and and to be fair, he's like later on you you just sort of find out that he's like in a, a state of arrested development, basically. You know, yeah, he's, yeah. He's sort of I mean, stuck in childhood. At which I mean, uh, whomst among us who was kidnapped when they were six and landed in the the town of, of Amish vampires. <laughs> Escape from the Amish vampire castle. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think that like th- there's some side, like some some secondary and tertiary um, sort of characters that have uh, certain things. Uh, and again, I think it's just simply that they're they're simply 
presented as like, well, he's the, this is the, the, the cook lady who runs the diner and that's it. That's all she does. She has like an, a magical ability to make anything out of anything. You know, she can make pancakes out of like asbestos or, you know, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but she made like sweet, sweet potato pancakes, like basically with, uh, I guess, dried sweet potatoes or I don't know. I, I have no, no idea. Um, so, so it, it begins to, uh, take on some of the elements of, uh, later lost, right? Where, Okay, so Jack is the medicine guy, and you know, and Sawyer's the untrustworthy guy, but he can get you out of a, a squeeze because he's a con man. Mm-hmm. He's magically a con man, almost. Uh, well, and and he's so charming. He's got like funny, like episode one. You know, well, I thought I mean need a gun, and guess what? I shot a bear. It's like one of the funniest things that happens in Lost. That line. <laughs> I mean, and and so on and so forth, but but. Uh, you know, uh, that, that is more towards, uh, you know, seasons two and three where, where, you know, like Kate, Kate can just, she's just able to, she's a tracker now. He's like, why, why is she a tracker? Yeah. <laughs> what exactly? Like, is this island Narnia and it bestowed magical powers on people? And this is sort of the same thing that happens. Like it, it did Amish town, uh, give people magical powers. Like, are you suddenly more of a sheriff? Like, <laughs> you know, Harold Paradoy's character Boyd uh, is, if anything, he he never was able to get rid of the cop inside. He became the cop inside. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, what what is his name? The the preacher just. It, I was just like sitting there going like, what the fuck is happening here? Uh, Father Cotri, that's what his name. There is. it is. Uh, so. Early on, so uh, what is it? The the initial attack that we talked about at you know at the beginning of all this uh, was basically um, uh, it happens because the father of the house is drunk and doesn't get home in time, and his daughter like uh, and I guess he wasn't uh, able he wasn't there to stop his daughter from stupidly uh, opening the window to let the the floating pale girl inside the house. Yes. Even though she's been told from probably from as long as she's been there, do not fucking open the window. <laughs> well, and the thing the thing introduced him. So it's like, hi, I'm your grandma. And she's like, you don't look like my grandma. Oh, you want me to open the window? And it's like, you worthless child. <laughs> worthless. Yeah, I mean, and somehow this uh, translates to punishment for the dad, which, okay, whatever, um, I suppose. Yeah. And there's an entire drama about uh, Boyd wanting to not do that because the, the punishment is basically they lock them up into a, a one of these little um, horse uh, trailers uh, with these boards, like just clapboards on the sides, and they have to spend the night in there. And basically sure. you don't – yeah, you don't get a talisman. Um, and the, the Amish vampires just tear into him immediately. Like, you know, as soon as, as soon as everyone goes to bed, they're there. Uh, but, but the, the point is that before that point, you know, before that happens, he 
goes to Father Katri, and Katri's like, "Well, what is this community gonna? This community will fall apart if they if you let people off the hook for you know." The, the, and you're like, "Well, what kind of fucking father are you, buddy?" <laughs> yeah. Well, and may I again point out that this community has not been around very long. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's also like one of these things where you're, you're like, so you're a clergyman. I mean, like, uh, I guess maybe depending on what what denomination, what what vague Christian denomination he is. Uh, yeah, a, you know, he he might be more prone to uh, you know being super punitive. But but honestly, like, I, I thought that the whole thing was like law and forgiveness, and no, it's like. The the law is now being you know sort of like wants to forgive and you know forgive and forget and you know give let them off uh, easy, and the show's politics are very strange here where suddenly it's the priest that's that and this feels very um, sort of evangelical. Uh, I no no shade to anyone who's a an evangelical out there uh although maybe maybe a little bit i don't know i'm like i i'm shading them keep going yeah it's fine <laughs> uh uh but but anyway in the sense that i i remember having conversations with somebody i went to school with that i reconnected with and he was like you know like when i mentioned that uh i didn't really like i i was going through a, a slightly on the tail end of my more militant phase of atheism. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, well, I, I have to believe in God because if there weren't God, I'd just go out and shoot people. And I was like, look, buddy, I'm sorry if you don't have any moral compass of your own, personal moral compass in your heart, <laughs> that you need right. like an external <laughs> punishment system to keep you in line. And this is exactly like what that feels like. He's he's enforcing or he's convincing Boyd that it's it's you have to have that, you know, you have to have the stick. You can't ever offer the carrot. That's not his job. And you're like, yeah, this is a very weird message <laughs> to be hearing in the, on, in 2022. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you're going to hear it from someone, uh, uh, a priest isn't an insane source. I mean, like, there's there, there's a reason that historically the clergy has been linked with patriarchy. Well, yeah, I, I suppose that's fair. I do. Th so maybe I'm just bumping up against the like. It's weird to me because this feels out of the the stereotype or, or the archetype of what. Uh, someone who would be like a priest or a clergyman or what have you that is not like someone from the past. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I feel like the Hollywood version of that is usually is usually the New Testament sort of bordering on hippy dippy uh, forgiveness type of stuff rather than <laughs> fire and brimstone. So yeah. I, I, I'm not entirely uh, – I, I don't know if it's a flaw or not. It's just a very strange thing to be – it feels like the, the politics are very strange in that specific instance where it's it's not the cop that's being bloodthirsty. It's the priest and you're like, wait. Now, now that part is amusing. I mean yes. like – yeah. Well, I mean it's it, – and it also sort of shows that um, to, to a certain extent to me – that uh, there, there's definitely 
there's no balance in this community. It's all punishment. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. I, I guess I could understand it, but it, it feels very much like uh, what people get upset about in like something like uh, – what is it? Life – is it lifeboat diplomacy uh, or, or whatever or it is? Lifeboat gunboat? justice? No, no. I, I'm, I'm mixing up my <sighs> – it's not lifeboat diplomacy. It's, I think it's lifeboat lifeboat um, morality, where you can you can because uh, the you only have a lifeboat and that's your only way to survive. You can then determine you know like okay you don't belong on the lifeboat because you're you're weighing us down or whatever you know or there's not enough food to go around or what have you right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the the point being that there is no. You know, it feels like it's very much like a punishment universe here. Uh, and uh, the same people who would get very bent out of shape uh, with something like the cold equations, uh, I'd be interested to see what their reactions are to this. Uh, right. Just just saying, you know, it's just very strange to me. Uh, so, so, like, there's that. And then, obviously, like, a lot of the characters just do not really tell each other stuff. It's just like, yeah, yeah, that is an ongoing problem. I'm actually I'm growing concerned because I remember very clearly them saying that they had only found the talismans like three months ago. But there's other little things that make me wonder about that, like Mm -hmm. the 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 girl that his son is dating had like her two year. And so it's almost like the timeline is warped. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't feel like the time makes any sense. Oh, oh, I, I remember now why it was disturbing to have that scene. And then because the other, the other person that actually does absolutely deserve punishment in this entire town is the waitress, the waitress who is uh, responsible for uh, basically leaving a door open and killing two people and then basically killing with her own hands in a premeditated fashion, another person, uh, like, like with a knife in, yeah. in uh, un, uh, up beneath the jaw and into the skull, you know, that type of thing. And she's like hearing Amish in her head. Right. Right. And so th- it's funny to me that, uh, she then gets a reprieve by none other than the priest himself, because she's hearing voices and that might be, God or whatever that promise, you know, promising that they can get out. And you're like, well, hold on. I mean, sure. I guess maybe that's a good reason, but what is going on here? Like she is responsible for several deaths and it's not even, it's not only that she's being given a reprieve. It's that they cover it up too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like this and I don't really understand her value. Mm Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what, what makes her the person you've got to bring out on your, your crazy trip to try and figure out a way out of town or whatever. Like, to, like the only thing she appears to have the ability to do is murder your fellow townsmen. <laughs> right. And, and I mean, she's, she, he finally takes the cuffs off her and you're like, why would you ever take the cuffs off someone who has basically admitted to stabbing someone to death? <laughs> right. Uh and and uh, be, and she's perfectly she sleeps perfectly fine every night because she's convinced that God told her to do that. 
Right. Or, or, or maybe not God. Uh, I, I, her justification is that she was doing it because uh, this was the they promised her, the voices promised her that this was the way to get back home. And, uh, so, so there's that. And then, uh, th there's a, a rather, um, somewhat silly, but also humorous. I, I say silly and I would also add annoying because we have to spend time with the fucking Jade character who just, I, I honestly do not understand how he was not put in that fucking box. <laughs> he's just so far. He's such a dick. He's so annoying all the time. He is bossy. Like, at maybe not the box, but someone should have been like basically punching him out every day until he stopped being the person he is. <laughs> Just be nice, at least. Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. Right, right. Because it's Just not, it's not even like it's, I feel like the show is, um, we're supposed to take away that it's sort of funny because he's also a genius. We got to forgive him for that. So it's like, yeah. No, no. No, it's like don't. it's like he's sort of charming you, and like nobody. I certainly wasn't charmed by the son of a bitch. I, I wasn't charmed. Like I would have been more charmed if people punched him more often. <laughs> it's like, yep. hey, hey, shithead, you don't call me that. I told <laughs> you not to call me boss, buddy, dude. My name is Kevin. <laughs> call right. me Kevin, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the worst. But yeah, that that is. A show can be saved by two things. One is a rich and complex plot. The other is a uh, uh, interesting characters mm -hmm. that draw you in. And uh, this this show fails on the interesting characters. I mean, they're interesting, but they're interesting in the way that auto accidents are interesting. I mean, I feel like there. I I just remembered that I, I had filed away a, a, a phrase that I was like thinking to myself, how would I describe this? And it's basically it it has, it's like if General Hospital just didn't have the hospital, because it's it's. A lot of the characterization is very soap opera stuff. Mm -hmm. There's drama for reasons that are not made clear to you. Um, like, uh, I forget, um, Hannah and uh, who is uh, uh, Tim and uh, Tabitha, uh, Tabitha's uh, teenage daughter just has like this weird meltdown and decides she's going to live away from them in the colony house. Which yep. seems like a, a loser idea, but you don't know why. She's just angry at them because she's angry at them. And then later on, you find out that she's angry at them because they're going to get a divorce. And you're like, they don't act like anyone that's divorced. They, they, they don't act like both of the, char the, the characters do not act like they are. They hate each other. They just mm -hmm. don't really have well, anything. And what year is this? I mean, it it is not it is not 1980. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the big the big moral panic about uh, like the the no fault divorce. It, it's long gone. I mean, uh, yeah. I know that I know that someone some shit heel like uh, Stephen Crowder is trying to bring that back, but I, no one gives a fuck about that. <laughs> Right. Like honestly, uh, unless you have big divorce dad energy, you know, you don't, no one gives a fuck about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for better or for worse. And I mean, honestly, there's an argument to be made for worse, but I do like the idea that people in bad situations can get out easily. And I am way off topic here. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of it because it was all, it's always a, I mean, the, the, the issue with the, the moral panic, because we had a bunch of movies that dealt with that in the eighties, you're, you're, yeah. you're spot on about that. Uh, and there was this big sort of moral panic, even in the movies and TV about like, well, what's going to happen if children don't have their dad and we're still going through that. Like, this is like. It, no one cares. Like in real life, no one really cares. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not uh, like the, 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 one of the hardest parts for a child in a divorce back in the day was like the embarrassment, like mm-hmm. fe- feeling like your family was weird. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's like, if that hasn't flown the coop, I don't know what has. Well, I mean, and, and the other point that I was going to make, and I, I got sidetracked, is that um, the, the introduction of No Fault was a great boon to women, basically, who, who, who could just get out of a – they didn't have to be trapped in a marriage if they did – like, granted, they could still be trapped because, you know, there's material conditions to be considered and so on and so forth. But that was an obstacle that they, they did not have any longer. Like, you didn't have to fly out to, like, Nevada to have, like, a – I forget exactly what the what the proceedings were. But it, it's, it was, like, a, a whole thing. Like, they did, uh, they did it in the original um, – uh, invasion of the body snatchers movie they did it in mad men where you go to nevada and you have like a, a, a some sort of a legal procedure where it becomes clear that you it, it's not a divorce it's just simply something happened you know i, I forget exactly what it is and I, I i'm not gonna look it up right now sure but but it, you know like then that means that at that point in time uh you know you, women only women who had the resources to fly out to Nevada from wherever they lived uh, to do this could do it, you know? Uh, so, uh, you know, what I'm saying is that n- uh, no fault divorce was a boon, you know, a, pretty much an unalloyed good, I would say in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for also the reasons you mentioned that like, you know, there's no, not necessarily that stigma anymore. Uh, so in the year of our Lord, 2023 or 2022, when this movie, this, this film, this film, God damn it, this TV show comes out, uh, you know, this is something that no one's cared about in several decades. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know why this is a, a big selling point in the drama. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, agreed. Agreed. So, uh, I think we might be at a point where we want to talk about, uh, uh, well, like, would you recommend somebody watch this and under what circumstances? I mean, uh, probably under the same, sur- I, I would recommend that they watch it only under the circumstances that I watched it, which is it's sort of like in the background while you're doing something else. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Like, like I said, it, it's a perfectly whelming type of show it, that, that is uh, sort of like has its foots, its feet firmly planted in sort of like the supernatural thriller type of uh, genre, right? Um, it, it doesn't really ask a lot of you. Uh, That's very and, true. 
And, uh, you know, that, that may be a plus for some people. Uh, well, and people are always like, man, you got to watch succession. You've got to watch this. And like a lot of those things, it just sounds like they're going to have demands and I'm going to have to learn. And it, like, I don't necessarily want to do that. Like sometimes I want to watch a, a lost knockoff and, you know, enjoy the blood spatters and bitch a little about <laughs> plot holes. This is a, uh, what, what was it? What's the, uh, the studio or the production company that does like the knockoffs, uh, like the, what is it? Atlantic rim instead of, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I love those so much. That would be such a good podcast, dude. Yes. Well, I mean, this, this show feels like that production company did lost, yep. but then they Shoot. said, well, we got We got to do it legally distinct. So mm -hmm. instead of an Island, it's a landlocked. Yeah. <laughs> So Chewy would like to be in this podcast we're talking about. Chewy. <laughs> Chewy. You know, Come no on, one... big man. Nobody wants to hear that. So my neighbors, new mm. neighbors have moved in. Uh, like my only good neighbors moved out and new people have moved in. They seem nice, but they've got two pit bulls and mm. we share a fence line. And so if we let the dogs out at the same time, they just like headbutt the fence trying to get to each other. I, I I did enjoy how you made a distinction that it was not they that you share a fence you share a fence line because the implication to me immediately was that one or the other side is going to get knocked down the fence. <laughs> yeah, the, the day will come for sure. There's a, there's actually a cracked part part. Mm. I I I'm looking forward to the day when when Chewie does a here's Johnny. Well, or, or, or they, they, they end up doing like a hot fuzz and just like knock down the entire picket. <laughs> like it's on a hinge or something. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wish you luck beat, uh, with, with that endeavor. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds challenging. <laughs> is what it is, I guess. Yeah. As long, I guess as long as there's not a felled tree full of crows, uh, you'll be fine. Chewie will be able to come back home. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Which was uh, something I was going to mention that no one in this show has any, like a pet of any sort. That's <laughs> just true. An odd. It's just such an odd thing, right? Uh, you, you'd think that at least one of those families had, had you know, come with, uh, you know, their own pet. You know. I'm definitely of the opinion that these people were selected. <laughs> and that may be one of the criteria, you know, no pets. Well, yeah, you can't rapture a pet, can you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, God, wouldn't it suck you do get drawn up to the rapture and it turns out to be some weird lost crap? I'd be so mad. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the far side one, which is like you get raptured and you end up in hog heaven instead of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that, that's good. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think I would um, – I, I would, I think I would recommend it to, to people who just don't have a lot of, they, they don't generally watch TV carefully. Uh, okay. Uh, so like Italians. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I, I didn't know we were going to go into anti-Italian discrimination, Pete. I was going to say, <laughs> we at the Racism Development Institute have discovered exciting new ways to offend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see that you have a town that that doesn't that doesn't accept any Italians. Like, like, can you imagine if the 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 from town just basically if you're an Italian family, it just spits you back out. You bounce <laughs> off of it. You bounce well, off of you, it. 
Hey, Maron. It does. I, there's a bit to be done there because, like, you could put up a big sign at like at, at the beginning of the town that says like "No Irish" or something. And so, like, somebody goes through and it's like, "Bagora, I'm getting the I'm getting the hell out of here," and he drives out of town and comes right back to it. <laughs> well, so so one last thing that that I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like even in the first episode, uh, we're joking about this, but, but honestly, this was sort of disturbing to me because I believe it's Boyd himself that describes the, the, the place as a sundown town. You're like, that's a weird line that could be coming from a black man in America, man. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That, and, and I, I very carefully avoided that (laughs) variation of the joke because I was like, I am not. No. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying, uh, like, maybe I'm out, out of my lane here, but honestly, that is a very strange line to be coming out of Harold Perrineau's mouth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that being said, he's he's probably the only one who who could say could it. Say it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We gotta get. We gotta give it to the guys that will make us not look racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give the line like, to the black guy. <laughs> So like you need God. Goldblum in there. You, you you spend so much time trying to figure out who should say the line that you never thought of if anyone should. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 were in the writers' room and you never thought to yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Pete, w- I mean, would you recommend this to somebody uh, other than myself? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I did this to you. Um, I I. Th- I enjoy um, shows that are a little bit weird and maybe not necessarily great that are off the beaten path. So if somebody mm-hmm. likes that sort of thing, I would definitely do this. Like one of my favorite shows is the old War of the Worlds from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it okay. is – allow me to assure you, it is terrible and I love it. Well, I mean it's it's uh, it's like the old V show, remember? Yes, yes. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Well, and you know that the, the well, I mean, I think part of part of V's fun was mainly that it, it became like a big event. Uh, they they really marketed that one, uh, and, and it became like oh, a big yeah. event. And they had like all sorts of you know all sorts of interesting uh, like uh, I guess interviews and and you know publicity basically in in on TV about it. But anyway, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh, it's okay. Uh, well, the 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 stupid uh, War of the Worlds thing. There were only two seasons, and the first one, the the, the first season is about uh, a military task force who has figured out that the aliens are invading and and like is trying to convince everyone it's really happy happening. And you know, they got to the end of that, and the the guys in charge were like, you know. Uh, this isn't really working for us. And so they just scrapped it. And season two is about the aliens have wanted to have taken over and it's a post-apocalyptic thing. And it's like, you know, there was a really good episode you didn't make in the middle. The what the <laughs> hell happened episode. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's an interesting direction to take it, you know? Honestly. Oh, yeah. Well, I just – I loved it as a kid because the whole idea, it's like – Oh yeah, well you know Quantum Leap, the last episode of Quantum Le- Quantum Leap, it's one of my favorite moments in television. Cause- I, you know, I I never got into Quantum Leap. Uh, you know, my 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 partner, she is very much uh, like she grew up with fucking Quantum Leap. Uh, I. I- 
I never really liked it either. But the last episode at the end, a little like a voiceover happens and it's like, well, he never made it home. <laughs> he, he died on his way to, to his home planet. Poor yeah, Poochie. Exactly. <laughs> they poochied him. And I'm just like, that is, that is an angry writer. You know? <laughs> well, they canceled us after only eight seasons. <laughs> they told us right. we needed to finish it up. Well, fuck you, I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the arc wasn't close to done. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, I, you know, I don't want to come down too hard on this. It, it, it was not to my taste. Let's put it that way. Sure. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a rather dumb show. Uh, but I agree in a, with that. yeah, but in, in sort of like a trashy way, which is fine, I suppose. I, I, I wish it was more trashy though. Uh, yeah. That would make yeah, it more I mean, entertaining. They they either need to make make it a lot better or a lot worse to make yes. it really click. But I do have a soft spot for the tries and fails. It's like mm-hmm. one of the best things about Lost for me is that they screwed the pooch. I mm-hmm. mean that is really interesting. The amount of effort they put into it to have it not work is cool as hell. Well, I mean, and and uh, I mean, we I don't want to talk too much about loss because I might yeah. have a struggle session with Chris at some point. <laughs> oh yeah. About, like about lost because he's, he's a big, Chris, he's a big, I'm sorry. It's head, my yeah. fault. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all good. Much love, Chris. We, we love you both, but uh, or, or we, we both love you. I should say. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, dude, Kurt. No, I don't love him. Screw <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Fuck Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, uh, uh, much love to Kurt as well, but anyway, you you can hate him if you want, Pete. But I, I <laughs> all good. No, he's awesome. Uh, anyway, the the point being that um, you know I don't want to talk too much about loss, but uh, I do think that what is fascinating about losses, you know, sort of dropping the ball for, in my opinion, uh, you know what what I would call dropping the ball is the fact that it does have such moments of arresting and just completely surreal and fantastic imagery. And, you know, like it, it does have like its moments. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a but, beautiful show. Oh, well, I mean, you know, come on, let's, let's put it, let's, let's be clear here. If you have, you know, high, like high, uh, high, high resolution cameras uh, set anywhere in Hawaii, I'm going to guess you're going to get a good shot. <laughs> like part of it's just being in Hawaii. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but yeah, I mean, like they certainly made the effort to go there. Mm-hmm. No, mean, no, no, that, that I, I feel like it, it, it was the correct uh, decision because Hawaii just is beautiful. Uh, but also like the, the addition of like just weird shit, like, a hatch that's under the ground. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like the, the entire sequence where it's like, they had to punch in the numbers to make sure that the world didn't end or whatever. And you're like, what? what's, what is happening? Uh, I, but, but you're riveted, right? Because it's just right. sort of interesting. Well, uh, and it, it, they almost invented the genre. Like it's hard to think of anything before lost that was like lost. And it's really relatively easy to think about it afterwards. It's, it's like, uh, uh, the real world. Like fair. I, I would argue that Lost's one of lost's, uh, precursors that, that is definitely in his DNA is, uh, Fritz Leiber's the big time. Oh, sure. Okay. Where it's I, like I, a, a, a time, uh, like a, a pocket 
of a place that is exists outside of, you know, the normal flow of time. Uh, and that, uh, you know, I've always, who I, I never finished watching the entire show. So maybe I'm off base, but it, it always felt to me like the, the island just existed as a, a pocket that did not really uh, connect to the real world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I agree with that. I part part of the problem is like the there. Well, we're we're doing the thing where we're getting into lost, and we don't want to do that. Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm about out of things to say, man. Um, no, it's all good, man. Okay. I mean, we, we we've I think we've we've gotten as much as we can from this show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, blood from a turnip. I mean, yeah. like <laughs> that, that, that imagine the sad vampire. Um <laughs> <laughs> just just forced to eat eat turnips or or beets, I should say. That that'd be an interesting one. Anyway, so uh Pete, thanks for thanks for coming back, man. Uh, just to talk about this show, uh, I I I think that um, that we we should probably get get back together and, and talk about some other maybe maybe a, a crap books of some sort episode soonish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was originally going to propose a, Z- a zombies crap book, but knowing how you feel about those, I I think we need a new idea. <laughs> we, we could we could have a vampire crap book. <laughs> That's I mean, true. We, actually, we 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 did the uh, what was it the the House of Secrets one, which was fun. Uh, it yeah. wasn't like I wouldn't call that a um, a a sp- like a a t- totally crap book because it is it is crap book in the sense that it's it's a tie in. It's it's not supposed to be taken seriously, and it knows exactly what it is. But it's I think it's it's got the property that uh, this show does not, where it, it is just as trashy and as fun as it as it should be. And this show just is sort of bafflingly uh, avoids some of that um, weirdly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we we could probably figure out some sort of zombie zombie book just to just be, because it can't just be vampires. We, we got to balance it out. Got to. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if we're ever going to do something uh, something new, we, we we have to go to things that uh, we avoid. You know. I one of the things that I've been thinking about is um, doing a Dragonlance uh, tie-in. Oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, one of the better ones. Now, I, I don't want to like inflict something on <laughs> on either one of us, uh, or at least one of the ones that I enjoyed back in the day. Uh, which, well, which, at the very least, I, I might be able to see what what I liked in it. You know, then it's like there's no way it's going to be anything but a nostalgia trip, and I think that's okay. That, that I think that that's fine. I think. Um, it, it's interesting to revisit stuff that you actually did like and you know, miracle of miracles. It, it actually does somewhat hold up because uh, that, that is an interesting thing to, I feel like it's an interesting way to uh, approach it and see what works now. You know, yeah. I can um, see that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, in any case, uh, at this point, we're just sort of like uh, wool gathering here. So, yeah. And- I mean, I'll be honest. We've we've reached the point in the episode where I've got to pee. So, <laughs> well, you don't have a, a a bottle next to your. What kind of podcaster are you, Pete? Yeah, not not with a live <laughs> mic. I don't, man. Do you have to pee on the mic, Pete? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
Anyway, uh, Pete, thanks for, for coming back. Uh, and, and, and thanks, um, for, for, you know, turning me on to from, uh, oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll do better. <laughs> it's you're, you're welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'll be watching season two in part because it's also paywall. So fuck that. Well, <laughs> if I'm yeah. Gonna watch, yeah. If, if I'm going to half-ass watch something, I want it to be, you know, sort of accessible in one of the, the 50 different uh, subscription services that I already pay for. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, Pete, I'll let you go. And uh, everyone out there will let you go as well. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Go pee, folks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wherever you are, pee now. Uh, that's a command. Uh, but but no, no. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on Potside.